everyone, and welcome to the Peak PT Studio podcast with myself, Rich Higgins, Josh Jurieff, and David Lewis Charlton. How are we doing? Hello, hello. 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 From a different location. Ooh. We, yeah. We've Rich, got where di- are you in the world today? We've got a different studio set up today. <clears throat> I should play around with the background a bit, shouldn't I? I'm in bed. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've just got the... I've got the, <laughs> I've got the video on the phone just attached to the ceiling, so it looks like I'm sat up. I'm actually lying horizontal. <laughs> just checking you can podcast when on holiday. Yeah, it can be consistent for you, Karen. Yeah, I was thinking about that actually. When I'm in Scotland, is properly in the middle of nowhere. I was like, oh, maybe we'll be able to squeeze it in. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> how's everyone's weekend yeah fine um we went shopping on sunday which was both tiring and anxiety inducing it was just so busy people people it's january you should be hibernating you should bugger off they're saying the same thing about you though yeah i know (laughs) me so big that's what I do all the time, especially when I go places in the UK and then you walk around and you're like, ah, tourists everywhere. And it's like, well, I'm pretty much the same because I don't live here. So I'm just visiting as well. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. They, are infu- they are infuriating other people. Played a bit of foosball yesterday. Didn't score. Didn't score. Oh. Set up some good goals, but yeah. Yeah, I, didn't set- yeah, I think, Two. yeah. I, I didn't play my best game. Be on it's the bench be next week. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, you know what? I'd, I'd accept that. My performance was not up to par. That's be February, so you're not taking the I'm not. I'm fourth now. I'm happy with fourth. I was going top five. <laughs> as soon as this podcast stopped, I'm jumping on the bike. It's going to cry here. Yeah. I wanted to win. I wanted a podium spot. Top five. Top ten. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to go for a three-hour cycle tonight. I'm just going to come back in. Until the first. <laughs> yeah. I need 2,000 MEPs. How was so David? Good. It was Big Mama's birthday yesterday. Oh, yeah. We went out Big Mama's Saturday house. night. And I've been telling everyone we're going to the Ivy in Winchester. Yeah. It turns out it was Chichester. Oh. I thought when you said it. Not Nando's. <laughs> when when Winchester's been there for ages, I was half expecting you to say I don't know why, but it's newer and like I mean, loads of stuff going on there. I found out three hours before that it was Chichester <laughs> and not Winchester. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Uh, Mum, where are you? Inside, on the left. Yeah. Like, Chichester. Your, your brother is such a dick making us pick up your parents and then drive all the way back on ourselves to go to Winchester. Nope, nope. picking them up on the way and having on the way. To <laughs> that would have been so embarrassing as well, walking into like a really fancy restaurant, being like, "No, we definitely have a reservation. It's for <laughs> for Charlton, seven people." Yeah, <laughs> and then getting thrown out. <laughs> Did you take your posh umbrella? Because it is the Ivy. Your pinstripe. I didn't dress up, so I wore a shirt. Did you? I didn't wear my pink uniform. Three. <laughs> you, you, did, did you wear a three-piece? No. Nah. But I wore a belt. Wow. But that was nice. Uh, I still think, well, they're not going to listen. 
I still think it's overpriced for what it is, but it is nice. Yeah. Apart from their soup, don't get the soup. It's just water. Mate, you have the worst pumpkin, choices. Pumpkin soup. water. But what like, it comes with, you know, it doesn't come with. I ordered. I was like, oh, as a, uh, it's just like a, not even a, a side, not a starter. It's better like be a bread steak. And butter. Bread and butter. I was like, oh yeah, I'll have that because I can dip it in. You get a loaf. A loaf. Like a, wow, family sized. It's like a big round. Oh man, that was the best thing about it. I was going to say that's good because ordering soup at a restaurant, that's a terrible decision. All the other stuff was fish. It's all fancy fish. Uh, yeah, you, you you're not like impressing me fish. with your choices though because you, you had the shocking donut two weeks ago and then you got soup. But I went for the shepherd's pie and it was nice. Okay, you redeemed mm. yourself. I just need five, five of them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here is a, a spoonful. So that'll be twenty seven pounds. Bites of rich shepherd's pie. Uh, oh wait, Chef? you order your greens on the side as well. <laughs> oh, I hate that. I hate that. Go for a Good pub lunch and just get a massive shepherd's pie with like everything on the side for about eight quid yeah. or something. <clears throat> yeah, that's how and much the spinach costs. With the donut. I'm not shooting down the ivy. It was very nice, but. But you are. But the chocolate bomb for pudding. And I was like, oh, no, it must be nice. And then it's similar-ish. I forget, it's just a chocolate shell. And then they pour hot sauce on it and it melts away. Oh, and yeah. It's mostly just airy cream and ice cream. I was like, they've got me again. Did, did you film it for the gram, though? Because that's what everyone does, right? Yeah. Did you tag your, tag so your location? Tag the location as the ivy and just say nothing. Yeah, I've just gone there for my loaf of bread. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my ten pounds loaf of bread. Standard oh. Saturday night with the Charltons. <laughs> well, I mean, you spent. I'm not to go back. You've you spent like five minutes just absolutely ripping it to bits, but still said it was nice. <laughs> I think sponsor our podcast. <laughs> we are looking for sponsors. Make my soup actual soup, not pumpkin water next time. Yeah. Apparently the one in Winchester is really nice. <laughs> yeah. That is the one Sorsha went to and she was like, mm, it's really nice soup. I was like Yeah. <laughs> My sister took Tilly last time she was over in the summer to Winchester. She said it's really good. Chichester, not so good. You should have said. There we go, folks. <laughs> Gonna uh, go to the Ivy. It's our spin off business next week. <laughs> Excellent. Myth busted. Myth busted. The Ivy. Ivy can go too. <laughs> Excellent. Um, well, aside from training loads, <laughs> loads of yeah, loads of cycling and running, um, I've had more time to think to myself as well, spending four hours on the bike. So I came up with a game for the podcast. <laughs> 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 I've spent loads of time on this, so um, I want your full investment. Um, <laughs> Are you ready? You, yeah, you probably don't know. I'm, 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 you, you can see me. I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> um, I don't know if this is become going to become a regular. Um, it may be a one and out. You can play along at home if you'd like to. Um, 
you might need a pen and paper, you can write on the chalkboard, it's fine. Um, and the, the game is uh, Swedish author or Ikea furniture. And you have to guess <laughs> <laughs> which one it is. So I spent a lot of time on this. So um, I didn't actually edit some screenshots off the internet. And uh, cycling whilst scrolling through. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good I was just thinking, I, li- I, I heard a similar sort of game on another podcast, and then I was like, hmm, that's quite good. Stolen. Yeah. So you can, you can play against each other if you like. <laughs> so, n- number one, so it's Swedish author, famous Swedish author, or IKEA furniture item. Yeah. Um, number one is Borg. I already know I, the answer. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Ikea. You're both going Ikea? Yeah. Ding! Correct. Yes. It is a chair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is a chair. Very good, very good. <laughs> um, number two, Antelope. I mean, the pronunciation could be way off, but it doesn't matter because neither of you are Swedish. <laughs> Antelope. <laughs> Can you pronounce it one more time, please? Antelope. I'm going author. David's author. I, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna split it different. I'm gonna go IKEA. Okay, IKEA. So this is actually very relevant at the moment, um, David. Josh, it is indeed an IKEA high chair. Ah, yes, I knew that. <laughs> what chair are you looking for? <laughs> I wasn't. This was. I wasn't actually here. in IKEA. <laughs> Rich, for the record, Rich hates IKEA. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> um, number three, Boliden. Boliden. I don't know why I'm, I'm repeating it. The pronunciation is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go author. And can it be furniture three in a row? We'll go furniture. Mm. Ooh. David. Ding! It is an Ooh. IKEA chair. Well done. Are they just all going to be IKEA? And you yeah. Just, <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> I didn't it's get to got, the second. He's just looking at the IKEA catalogue. I didn't get fitness and IKEA knowledge here, guys. <laughs> I didn't get to the second half of my research. I only did the IKEA bit. <laughs> I'm going to put my answer four, five, and six as furniture. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What what number is this? Four. We'll do. Four. This is four. We'll yeah. do like best of twenty or something. <laughs> <laughs> number four. Moberg. Moberg. Author. I'm going author. Ding! Yeah, here's an author. From 1898 to 1973. <laughs> <laughs> ah, <that's> favorite. <laughs> favorite <man>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> Number six, Ektorp. Or was that five? I can't remember. Ektorp. <laughs> 
Number six. Uh, <coughs> I'm losing my way. I'll go furniture. Final answer. Final answer. Can I find a friend? Uh, yeah. Have you got any Swedish yeah. friends? David. Phone the IKEA customer service. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you've, you've gone furniture. Mm. Yeah, I'm going furniture as, yeah, I'm going to go furniture as well. Ding! It is a chair. <laughs> yeah. It's, a ch- it's another it's chair. chair. <laughs> Rich is just on the chair section. Yeah. <laughs> okay. How many actually have you got? Cause well, I mean, I've got loads. I've, got, three I've, I've, got, lo- I've got a loads, but I think we'll call this the last one. We <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> had four hours to prepare this. <laughs> <laughs> and final one. Dum Javel or Dum Cabel. <laughs> I want that to be an author. Dum I Javel. I don't know if it is. I'm going to get furniture. It's I just hope that's a real name. Furniture. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> yeah, a Swedish godfather of furniture. Um, <laughs> but for who? Uh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> don't ever become a chat show host. <laughs> it, is in, it is, in fact, a red herring question. It means idiot in Swedish. So I think that's a nice way to complete the game. <laughs> and we are wow. fairly idiotic for playing the game. Um, if you would like. To get out, wasn't it? You just wanted to call us an idiot in. Yeah. That's, <laughs> in why Swedish. Doing it. that's why he's phoning in. So that's, why I built, that's why I built up the whole thing. <laughs> um, if you'd like to hear more of IKEA furniture or please let us know. Um, <laughs> happy Monday, guys. Thanks for watching. Happy morning. Monday. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be back next week. <laughs> I hope you've learned a lot. <laughs> Um, should we get on some fitness content? No, another round. <laughs> Just continue there. That's every, you've got an insight into every peak social for the next four months as well. <laughs> get a question wrong. That's a shot. Yeah. Um, we had, we still, we still had a myth buster, didn't we? We're just talking about burpees. Yeah. We love a burpee at peak, don't we? Yeah. We love a burpee. I've seen not people do burpees here. All the burpees. Never. Never. No. I've not seen one burpee here. No. The thing with it is generally, it's not even necessarily the exercise. It's just the way it's used by loads of people, loads of PTs, yeah. generally in classes. The most common way Line I up. see it used. Yeah, most common way I see it used is like, oh, I've got... 10 minutes of the class and I thought I only had five and I thought I'd be able to do a stretch and a cool down and call it there. Um, but everyone's still got a little bit of energy. Let's do five minutes of burpees as many as you can, because you know, it's going to get someone out of breath and then they'll leave the session being tired. So it's more like, I feel the burpees like the, the full guy for lazy PT programming. And they're just like, Oh, get up and down off the floor as many times as you can, as fast as you can. And, We'll do that. I like, I like the um, adaptation as well. Have you seen 
well, I mean, it's been around for a while, but CrossFit, where they do a burpee, then jump over the bar, do a burpee on the other side of the bar, and yeah. then keep going over. It reminds me yeah. of um, when you had the little benches at school. You do little bunny hops right, over. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> it's just, yeah. Again, it's just some time killers. I yeah. think the exercise itself is not, like Rich says, is the worst thing in the world. But it's the implementation of it. It's just sloppy. It's also quite a, like, especially for beginners in a general class, it's quite a complex exercise to be able to get yeah. someone to jump, like, jump down almost into a semi-squat position to have the hip mobility to get your feet backwards and forwards, like by the side of your hands, basically. It leads loads of hip mobility, loads of like core and shoulder stability. It's quite a technical exercise to have people just doing foot. Drop to the floor and catch yourself in a press-up position without breaking your nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Watch the floor. My my friend used to do that at uni as like a on nights out he'd just be standing having a drink put the drink down and just fall straight into a press-up position he used to do it all the time it literally like a michael jackson fall it was quite impressive until he then dislocated his shoulder doing it (laughs) so (laughs) don't do that (laughs) three drink max yeah yeah but yeah i think that's the thing it's generally like lazy programming people just doing it to get people tired um and it's also quite a complicated complex exercise for what people program it as yeah and imagine also it's, it's it's come from probably in the military as well where people are going oh that's extreme that's really yeah. good put that in whereas you know other complex movements like a turkish get-up you never go to a beginner oh let's do this it's, yeah it's really easy yeah really hard turkish get-ups for time yeah six and hours yeah and on a wobble board yeah (laughs) (laughs) whilst we throw stuff at you banded so that's it that's our take on burpees yeah i think generally they're just a bit of a fall exercise for if you haven't got someone tired enough during a workout they just chuck them at the end and it's a bit more purposeful way of getting someone's heart rate up yeah 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 has carryovers all they want yeah, and a safer way in general, I think, as well. Cycling for four hours, looking at Ikea furniture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was burning a mental sweat as well. <laughs> Excellent. I had a sugar rush at the start and I just needed to reset. Yeah, performance nutrition, Alicornis Pasty, Haribo, three gels. What else did I have? Oh, a bounty, a Turkish delight, and a bag of crisps. Mm. Crisps is fine. Bounty and Turkish. Oh, I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, what's our our main topic, David? You've done some heavy research again. David's the the researcher out of the three of us. He's does. I mean, endless reading, isn't it? Endless reading. Endless. You call it endless. I mean, I'd like to jump on this and say that I've listened to, I just got up Audible one holiday. I've listened to two and a half hours. But those two and a half hours were me falling asleep around the pool, listening to this book, drinking a lot of alcohol. uh, Was that the book by Mr. Astrid Lindgren, famous Swedish (laughs) author from 1907 to 2002? (laughs) That's the one. Yeah. How did you know? Oh, good. Good, good. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, yeah. we're going to talk a little bit, a little bit about <laughs> Steve Peters and the chimp paradox. So between the three of us, I think we've consumed. I think everyone has heard of the book or consumed some of his information uh, over the last yeah. few years since it came out. Whether that's on podcast, on YouTube, on whatever books, all that kind of stuff, um, or people like us talking about it. Um, but yeah, David, you listened to a podcast with him the other day. Secret Diary of a CEO, wasn't it? There you go, you got it right. Yeah. Just the diary, but not. You can add secrets <laughs> to everything. <laughs> the diary of the CEO, the secret, secret diary. Of the it was because anno- it annoys me. At, public on Spotify. Yeah, it annoys oh. me at the <laughs> beginning of every podcast when he goes like, I hope no one's listening, but if you are, keep it to yourself. It's like, shut up. <laughs> I can say, apparently... He did that on his first episode because he was nervous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, did yeah. hear that. I've had that one too. He's going to keep it now. Mm. Now he's a billionaire. I did hear that. Wearing the same plain white T-shirt when you're a billionaire. Like, no, I don't want to make decisions. Like Homer Simpson or Steve mm. Jobs did the same, didn't he? Mm. Mm. But no, the uh, this guy was on the diary of a CEO talking about. I think he's got a new book. Sounds quite interesting. Um, but just talking about <clears throat> mindset. So like we were sort of talking about the expectation effects and mindset, um, but just how your mindset and how to use strategies to help with, I mean, he talks about performance, but it can also just be looking after your yourself mentally. Mm. Um, and in his book, The Chimp Paradox, he sort of <clears throat> just describes, he sort of simplifies the brain into three sections so a human human he's from you know up north yeah <laughs> if anyone's listened to him very thick accent <laughs> i think that was the reason why i was falling asleep around the pool so much it wasn't the daiquiris it was the uh it was the accent he did not look Does like it? someone who i thought it was going to look like he's but is it burn uh burnley i want to say he's burnley no very thick hate i literally didn't pull i didn't twig on that at all. That's because you're north, mate. Yeah. I ne- <laughs> like, you're I never even... on the wall as well. Listen to him. I never <laughs> even considered that he had a strong accent. <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah. He literally says human, like human. Human, yeah. <laughs> That's so <laughs> odd. I never considered it. Yeah, he sort of splits the brain into three sections. So he just sort of calls one part your computer and then another part you're human and then the other part you're chimp and so the chimp is basically your sort of the emotional part of your brain and how there are sort of natural laws to it and then if you let your chimp sort of run run away and run wild yeah so like um anxiety and bits and pieces so it's very emotional driven Mm. and if you don't try to impose any control over it, then it can run amok and then over time really lead you down a to a dark place, mm-hmm. whether that's whatever it is. So even he sort of talks about working with Chris Hoy um, and Bonnie O'Sullivan and how even high performers, even though they've sort of programmed their computer, so the part of their brain that's very skill-related and habit-related, and sort of belief 
um, related. So things that you've really done over a consistent amount of time and programmed into your sort of settings of your human. Um, and then if you start to let your chimp get away with it, even if you've done the training and you know you can compete to a high level, if something catches your mind that makes you start thinking about other people, what the, what your competitors have done, what their training is like, whether you're going to fail on the day, etc. And if you don't manage your chimp, then even though you've done the work, you can still be number one in the world and fail on the day. And then how this carries over into just everyday life. So because it's a entrepreneurial podcast, he sort of talks about you know, being an entrepreneur or a business owner, and it doesn't quite matter what your high performance is. If you let your chimp run amok, and you let your emotions get the better of you, and you don't try and purposefully, consciously control them, manage them, then bad things can happen over time. So I just find it interesting because uh, he sort of gives a bit of the intro into how he works with them. And even when talking through performance athletes, he gets into like the very crux of mm-hmm. what is your foundational belief system about the world and then how that sort of has a very sort of top-down approach into everything that trickles down into all of your decisions in everyday life as well as training, high performance, how you're going to be on the day, etc. Um, and then just how to manage it. So it's basically like a stress management slash psychology book. Yeah. yeah. It's really interesting he mentioned, I think, early on speaking to a lot of the athletes about <clears throat> his first, I think it was with Chris Hoy and with Ronnie O'Sullivan, his like first stage as it were was how they perceived the world and how they perceived themselves and perceived themselves in the world essentially and that was what he needed to dial down to and get to first and that's really interesting from a fitness perspective of i know we have at the grand end scale of that um dysmorphias and conditions and all that kind of thing but how someone perceives themselves versus looking at the outside world can be completely different dependent on like you say inbuilt thought processes and things from a very young age and that becomes very very difficult to override using that computer analogy i guess again that if that's your from sort of a personal training standpoint i think most of it i don't know if you guys would agree but most of it comes down to nutrition so the problems we see with people and talking about nutrition. <clears throat> and so again, we can't give specific food programs telling people what to eat, but we can help understand people, their beliefs about food, nutrition. And then that comes from parenting, social media, what they see on the internet, what they read. And so it's sort of uh, literally myth busting every single time because nutrition is simple and complex at the same time. Um, so I think I've mentioned this before when we've spoken about it, but uh, an old client literally had a fear of being hungry. Yeah. And, and then that's sort of mindset and strong belief system. It's very hard to overcome when someone, when she wanted to lose weight. 
And so it doesn't matter how much, you know, eat your protein, eat your vegetables, this is your sort of calorie balance, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's very difficult to put someone on a diet when they have a, a very strong fear of hunger because one of the principles is you need to consume less energy from the outside world <clears throat> than you need. Hence, your brain would send hunger signals, which is then how you manage it. And then strategies and skills to sort of overcome it so that you don't overeat when you're trying to restrict. So just the power of whether they're conscious or not, and the power of your belief systems, like I sort of mentioned with the expectation effect, impacts everything we think of as we're making conscious, rational choices. And especially when you get sort of clients who come in who are very high performing in their jobs, and then they'll say, but I really struggle with controlling myself when it comes to eating. Yeah, they can easily get up at 5am and go to work or stay late mm. or do anything they need to for work. <clears throat> I can imagine it's similarly because they've got a belief system about work, whether that's financial or self-identity or mm -hmm. whatever, self-esteem, whatever it is that they put on it. If you don't have those similar belief systems about yourself and food, etc., it can be a very uphill struggle. Yeah. Even if you know all of the theory about nutrition, you've always got something in your mind sort of scratching away and you've got the chimp there whispering in your ear. <laughs> it's quite an interesting one i suppose modern day as well like you said about i suppose societal in general like an emphasis how's the lip to bottle experience Fantastic. phenomenal david and josh are drinking from one of our members very kindly gave us some new chilies bottles the other day I described it as the greatest lip-to-bottle experience I've ever had. But it's like an interlude for a small advert, isn't it, in the middle of our podcast? <laughs> oh, sorry to interrupt you here. But... Um, a message from our sponsors. Our sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> That's an, an interesting one, like you say. I don't know if just sort of a Western world thing or everything in or globally in general, but a, a societal pressure on work and finance and that leading to a set of status and that's been so ingrained in it or for a lot of people and that like you say that's it's like the first thing that people ask what what do you do what do you do for a job all that kind of stuff yeah and so that okay. like you say that thought process it's a lot easier for a lot a lot of people to manifest that kind of stuff and be quote-unquote disciplined on that kind of stuff than it is around nutrition because we're not in the age as much anymore where you know physical um uh physical strength or whatever it might be is as needed as when we were back in the day kind of thing so that internal computer is a lot of it has been dialed in from a young age of work money house car success that kind of stuff so all of that is a lot easier to fall back on than necessarily around weight or around fitness or around nutrition or whatever it might be. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> he also talks about, <clears throat> you can't always, you might give two different people, 
put them in the same exact scenario. Um, so even like with say twins, put them through the exact same scenario, and then they they perceive different context yeah. from the outside world, and then their belief systems can diverge and differ from how things are perceived, rather than what objectively things are and what happened to them. So <clears throat> it's always easy to, it's like with nutrition, it's always easy to ask, a blueberry is good, a blueberry is healthy. I'm going back to blueberries. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and again, it depends if someone's allergic to blueberries, then it's not from the off. If someone's intolerant to it, then there might be a dose effect. If someone chokes on it, obviously a blueberry is not good. So it's all context dependent. <clears throat> and then, so especially we'll have so many ingrained belief systems, especially about food, fitness, health, endurance. Um, so a lot of mine probably stemmed from rugby. That was my sort of big sort of step into it, um, which would have been very different at school. As much as I liked physical activity, I always sort of had the underlying enjoyment of physical activity. So then how my fitness specifically developed was basically from rugby. <clears throat> and so then all of the things I did stemmed from that belief system of what I needed for rugby rather than anything else. And so if someone doesn't have, not something forced upon them, but if they don't have a, a belief system about fitness, it just sort of generally stems around I know I should be healthy mm. or I've heard exercise is good for me. Uh, I think it can be very difficult to follow anything. It's just like if I wanted to learn a language, I would have to actually want to learn that language rather than me to say to myself, I'm just going to prove to myself that I can do it because then I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. So I think every. A real strong strong internal driver for something. I think everyone started that at some point, aren't they? Especially around New Year's resolutions and stuff. And this year I'm going to learn Spanish and you get eight weeks into Duolingo or whatever it is and things like that. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) going to pick up Swedish this year. (laughs) And then you get a few weeks into it. And like you say, as soon as it gets harder, it gets difficult. That chimp overrides and there's nothing in the computer system to default back to I need to do this I need to learn this and that's what we talk about a lot with fitness people that have had it ingrained in them from a young age be that parental or otherwise and like you see some people go one way or the other a lot of people have I'm super active and fit because my parents did loads of it or equally because my parents didn't do any of it and I saw it the other way and so the same set of circumstances like you're saying can lead to two completely different outcomes for an individual but if someone's got that from a young age it's much much easier for them i think long term it's a lot of what we talk when people say oh yeah about muscle memory and stuff and doing things as a kid i think yes to a degree but i also think that the mental side and that computer that default system is a lot more integral a lot more important for people down the line than necessarily a muscle memory as people would call it because mm. it's also when like we've sort of chuckled about when people say oh i didn't want to do it but i did it anyway mm. <laughs> yeah. they've got a very strong internal driver already to do that behavior mm. it's just on the day 
it's a little more of a struggle than normal. Yeah. But they fall back on that heavy mindset and the stuff that's programmed into their computer that gets them through. They just perceive it as, no, 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 I've strong-armed myself into doing it because I'm disciplined. Mm. So they sort of, so he says, again, your human is your sort of conscious, rational thinking, talking to yourself in your head voice. And lots of the time, a lot of things are going on under the hood of consciousness that drive us. And just because we perceive it, like when they say, no, 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 I thought to myself in my head, no, I'm going to do this. And so they perceive it as I'm disciplined. Whereas they've got that strong computer mm-hmm. helping them along. And so that's why I really dislike it when people say that and then tell someone without the, the sort of computer programming, the sort of strong internal belief system and skills to say, do something even when it gets tough just be like no no just think yeah. harder and try harder mm, yeah 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 don't really help does it no no there's loads of and i think like just nutritionally again close friends from home as a group of friends from home is like i'd say most of them at some point just thinking back to when we're kids you're out and about <clears throat> doing whatever playing sport hiking whatever it might be and quite a common topic or phrase be like oh i really fancy like i really need some fruit or like i really fancy something like this and that's just a something that's ingrained it's not very often that you'd necessarily hear a kid go i really need some fruit i really want this and like you say it's just that that drive is there that first instinct is i'm going to grab some fruit rather than i i really need some mcdonald's i really need this for energy or read harry bay yeah whatever it might be um and a lot of the time and those hunger signals can be completely different for different people. So like you say, it's quite unhelpful a lot of the time telling people, I know you you want to do this, but I often want to do that as well. But I just, mm. I'm disciplined and fall back on this and eat a banana instead of the cookies or whatever it might be. Um, so it can, yeah, it's, it's super important to recognize it, I think for a lot of people for sure. Yeah, I mean, a fairly good example of that is this morning, waking up, getting the kids breakfast, and Jake's like, do you want ch-? I said, do you want porridge? He went, yeah, yeah, I've got, I've got a chocolate bar coming out of it. Oh, okay, you can have And then Tilly's like, Daddy, can I have some frozen berries and fruit? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, good. I'm like, da-da. Mm. <laughs> Jake's smashing mm. a Milky Way bar at 7.30 in the morning. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then uh, Tilly's just having blueberry. <laughs> Jake, be more Tilly. <laughs> <laughs> He'll probably be an endurance athlete. <laughs> <laughs> Researching Swedish uh, furniture. Um, but yeah, then he sort of, in his book, he sort of goes through different strategies of how to manage your your chimp. And again, I've seen it across many books of any time you suppress anything emotional, it just continues to build. Mm. It doesn't stop it. It just suppresses it. And then things tend to build and build and build. Just like with hunger, if you go on an extreme diet, again, there's no starvation mode. But if you suppress eating for so long, you start sending stronger and stronger hunger cues. And if you're around something that's easy access and smells delicious, you're going to have it. Mm. And then you overconsume calories within a meal or two rather than 
sort of spreading your calories out throughout the day so that you manage your hunger levels as best as possible. You were a really good example of that because when you're on your diet last month, every time you walk past Domino's Pizza, you'll be like, oh my God. It's, oh. it's not 10 times better than it normally smells. <laughs> it normally smells really good. <laughs> and like coffee this month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But again, you're doing to yourself. Whenever I, I'm quite good at if I've made a decision and I am on board with it, I can quite comfortably make the decisions I need to. If I'm like, if my human in my head is like, I should probably try mm. and lose a little bit of weight. And whether that's because of, I don't know, I've seen someone else or I've seen the numbers or I've had a thought of, oh, it would be nice to be a little slimmer. But then I actually come to making those decisions and I grab the dessert, I have the pudding. It's because I'm not really invested in that choice. Yeah. It's more like it would be nice. Whereas, for example, like if we're giving up caffeine, I really wanted to and was on board with it. So I've actually found it quite easy. Whereas, and for example, when I've wanted to lose weight, like pre Christmas in December, I found it very easy to say no to things. Whereas if I'm half in, half out, I would always go back to my computer, which says food is delicious and life is better with food. Yeah. <laughs> it's why a lot of the time, oh, like man. we say with people's goals and stuff when they come in, isn't it? It's like it has to mean something to you and you have to have decent investment in it um, because people get a I see it all the time. People get stuck in this spiral of thinking they kind of want something, but not really, really wanting something. It's something that potentially is a slight external pressure. And then they're fighting all this ingrained, incredibly difficult to overcome and master triggers and signals from the body. And on the other side of that, on the other side of the scales, they've just got this thing that they kind of think they want, the end goal, whatever that might be. And like you say, with the coffee and the caffeine, like you're fully invested and bought into that and understand the time frame and the reasoning and all that kind of stuff. So the the weight of the scales is a lot, lot heavier on that side than just saying, oh, I should probably stop drinking coffee a little bit or doing something like that and making it a bit of a, a flippant goal and I see so many people get stuck with that of I want to lose x amount of weight or I want to run this or do this or be able to do a chin up and not actually that side of the the equation is not nearly strong enough to override all of that other stuff mm-hmm. when it comes down to it basically because even like with fitness there's lots of different ways to get fit, to get strong, to get whatever whatever adaptation from fitness you want. Um, and I think that's why it's good as a child to try lots of different sports. Because I think internally, even if you don't consciously think you want to do something or try something, you'll naturally, I can imagine, find what you enjoy. And when you enjoy something, that's what you keep up and then you just do little bits around it of yeah you know a bit more conscious effort but you've just got to find some some internal pull towards some form of physical activity and then blend it with the bits that you maybe don't want to do but 
you know you should do. Mm-hmm. So it's not all, I know I should do this, but I don't want to. It's, oh, no, actually, I quite enjoy this. That'll be quite fun. Maybe I'll just add in some little bits of weight weight training around it, if you don't like weight training, for example. Yeah. Um, like the social community. So many people I've trained would not do anything on their own, even though I know they are physically capable of doing it. They just don't like it. Yeah. So they would rather outsource it because it just takes any pressure off of that. They know what they're going to get. Um, and they just have to turn up and they have enough internal drive yeah. to turn up mm. consistently over and over and over. And then yeah. that's what does it. Whereas even with the same person, who again, they seem very driven to be consistent. If they then had to turn up for themselves on their own, wouldn't. So mm. it's just finding what works <clears throat> and then trying to leverage it as much as possible rather than trying to strong arm the things you think you should do. It's find what works and then just blend little, little bits of yeah the things you don't like around it. But fundamentally, tweak it. It's all good. Yeah. I think, like you say, that like the book and the interviews and the talks and stuff <coughs> I've listened to with him. It's just a really good, like palatable and fairly simplistic way of describing incredibly complex thought processes yeah. and topics and what actually goes on in the brain. And understanding a bit of more of that can be helpful on decision making and goal setting and whatever it might be for you. So exactly as you've described with a lot of the clients we see, it's not necessarily something they know they should do, not necessarily something they want to do. So they're lowering their barrier to entry by outsourcing to us as coaches. And rather than I have to turn up, think of what I've got to do, plan it. How does it fit in with the rest of my day? What time am I going to do? Us giving them a time to be there. We sort the planning. We sort the programming. We'll check if you're doing it right. You don't need to research movements or all this kind of stuff. It's outsourcing all of that headache that would give opportunity for that chimp to jump in and go no you don't need to do it and then knock it on the head yeah yeah so understanding yeah like you say the the process of that very very difficult to think introspectively and deep dive into your own thought processes and like you said right from the beginning of understanding yourself and how you see your view of the world is incredibly difficult to do um but obviously hugely beneficial if you do have a, an understanding of that and how that works and how your thoughts work. And I'm seeing something this way is that, I suppose there's no correct right and wrong way of seeing it, but is that the way it is black and white or is that derived from something, a twist that my own brain is putting on it um, from some internal cue that's deep rooted in there? even he says it's sort of you're always you're always managing it's never your chimp's never going to switch fully sort yeah. of switch off mm. there's always it's just whether you can soothe it calm it and then that basically just means ticking the right boxes of if it's hungry i'm so glad i'm not there <laughs> <laughs> when, when david just said soothe i just stroked his cheek <laughs> me. Um, You're next week, Rich. Generally, stay on top of human needs. 
Yeah. And then it's sort of easier for us to sort of talk about physical human needs, sort of if you're hungry, eating. If you're hungry, it might be nutrients rather than just energy. You might sort of need nutrients. So it's eating. When you're tired, try to manage your sleep. And again, within world limitations, but it's just trying to listen to your body and not fight it too much. You're trying to sort of manipulate your life to balance needing to get stuff done in the external world with everything society and culture says we need whilst also trying to manage your internal world of needing to eat well, eat nutrients, sleep well, manage your stress, stress, drink mm. water, all the sort of things that you see on a social media post where it's like, ha ha ha, I'm just trying to live healthy and people are like, I'm overwhelmed with all of the physical needs. And then you can start talking about mental needs of love and compassion and self-esteem and managing trauma and past experiences. Yeah. And it's like, yes, there's, there's lots to being a human. <laughs> but at the same time, I think it is just, for me, I always just believe it as it is. Everything is a skill. And if you haven't practiced that skill over a considerable amount of time, why would you be good at something? Yeah. So it's not, it's not to give yourself excuses, but it's also not to beat yourself up. There's some sort of middle ground of, can you practice one thing at a time and, build a jigsaw puzzle of skills i think that's what i liked about what the two hours i've listened to is that yeah. he's very he's very good at okay you're feeling this way it could be x it could be y it could be tired it could be hungry and then he kind of just encourages you to take a step back almost do a tick box to be like okay how about thinking about these before you then go i'm gonna go and smash a big domino's pizza for example and it does it does really help you know, um, I think that's what I quite like about it. Because one it's of the main things quite effective. I found is whenever, I think for me, the best thing for me trying to be effective on a diet is whenever I'm extremely hungry and then I get cravings, I use my human to ask my chimp, do I really crave the Domino's pizza mm -hmm. or do I just not want to be hungry? And 95% of the time, yeah. it's, I just don't want to be yeah. hungry. Whatever I eat will be satisfying yeah. if it fills my hunger. It doesn't need to be a Domino's or a, something tasty. It's just that would be a really delicious way yeah. to fix my hunger. But at the same time, if I had a healthy, quote unquote, healthy meal and it filled me up, I'd be like, huh, I didn't need that Domino's. It's mm. just you only realize that after... So asking myself I'd every the same. time, am I just hungry and don't want to be hungry? Or do I actually want X delicious food? And if I actually answer, I want X delicious food, I eat X delicious food. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's like loads was of... It, was the... it pumpkin soup? Loads of butter. <laughs> Loads of that stuff came out in it and people always talk about those um, mechanisms of, oh, if you're feeling hungry, brush your teeth or have a glass of water or whatever it might yeah. be. And it's all that, all that kind of stuff. And essentially so much of it is just giving yourself that time to think, isn't it, really? It's yeah. that little bit, that short barrier process. And like you say, if you have it 
available and super easy in the house and you know it's there and you can grab it super quickly before you've even been through that thought process and then as you say the end result becomes after eating or after the event is then like ah oh, man i shouldn't have done that um yeah rather than having that little bit of pre-thought process and that's why understanding in a simplistic way the chimp human computer sort of um mechanism of what's going on gives you a little bit more of a chance i think that way for the most part <clears throat> and like we've said if the drivers on the other side of the equation are a bit more meaningful and coherent in your own head and actually mean something to you that was an, another interesting i think on the um podcast he talks about isn't he he dives into um him talking about shouting uh what's his name stephen bartlett saying he never shouts at people because he has this um thing from when he was a child and his parents were quite shouty and he came to the resolution that it didn't solve anything and people just get angry and all this kind of stuff and he kind of he says yeah i think I think that thought process is right and things, but then deep dives into it a little bit more and quizzes on the, okay, well, what happens if you do shout or, you know, if you do lose it, is then that seen as a, cause he essentially sees it as a failure or a. Makes you feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel sad. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly like it is in training and nutrition of, if you have that ingrained, I must do X or I do X every day i go out and walk every day or i go out and exercise every day or i eat fruit or eat vegetables or whatever it might be what's the then flip side of that if that thought process very heavily ingrained and meaningful to you what's the the flip side of that and actually dig a bit more into where that's come from where the thought has come from and is there anything negative positive whatever associated mm. with it also since i think the good thing is you mentioned you know that your belief system that mm -hmm. even it, um, and just because you believe shouting is wrong mm. doesn't objectively mean all shouting is wrong yeah and then it's easy to extrapolate our own belief systems on to everyone else so mm -hmm. like in the fitness world the incredibly fit people think this is how you should live your life everyone should be this way and then it's not just about them living their hashtag best life anymore. It's also then a little bit of judgment on everyone else who's not mm. living the way that they think yeah. life should be lived. Body but image is a big one no... for that, isn't it? Because you have people have a perception of what fit looks like and what fit looks like on a human or an individual, whether that's being super lean and a six pack or whatever it might be. Um, and somewhere along the line that gets that gets twisted and and um tightly associated with health as well and then that can that's definitely a thought process worth questioning i think that if body image is linked strongly in someone's mind to health and like you say other other health people's health for yeah. sure yeah um, then that's well worth questioning and thinking of where's that come from and deep diving into a little bit for sure because i really like his analogy of uh so like working with professional athletes you know people say oh if i tie my self-worth to 
you know, something in your identity of I'm an elite athlete, and then all of a sudden you don't have that, then your self-esteem drops. It sort of yeah. mentions how do you manage not yeah. dropping it when you built something for a positive, but then it becomes a negative. And he just says, uh, everything is tiddlywinks. Yep. So like, even though Bolt, 100 meter runner, fastest man in the world, if he was to then become second or not be that, it's how do you then remind yourself? And he says, just everything is tiddlywinks. You might be really good at tiddlywinks, but it's just tiddlywinks. Yeah. There's, there's so much more to life yeah. than whatever that one thing is you think is necessary in your life. You can have so many other things and that's why it's important to sort of branch out and I can imagine it's like investing. You want to have a diverse portfolio. Yeah. So I can imagine it's just the same in your life. You used to see that a lot in like ex-professional football football players as well. They yeah. retire and then they just go off the rails. They, I don't know, gamble, drink, <clears throat> do stupid stuff. Why are you chuckling, really? Yeah, why is... Cause... <laughs> um, my, my history teacher at school was ranked in the world for tiddlywinks. So... He's probably he's like he's slamming like, the he's slamming the table listening to this. <laughs> just like, oh, damn it, it's something. <laughs> it's life. <laughs> they had uh, there was world champs and everything for it. <laughs> but yeah, 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 no, it's right. Making sure that you manage because everything is a double-edged sword. Mm. when it's pushed to an extreme even something mm. that is a very positive in your life if it's then unfortunately taken away for whatever reason like with people getting injured um it's making sure that there's other things in one's life that you can leverage to keep your self-worth self-esteem positivity mental health up whilst trying to manage yeah. that portion of your life um and so i like that it's always nice when listening to a professional telling people better ways to live because as a personal trainer you you sort of want to help people yeah generally with just them as a human being but you also know stay in your lane yeah per se as there's a so much trainer. you can do so it's always nice i would never advise it but i can be like oh i've heard this from a professional and mm. then let them digest it and take it away and then they can do with it what they please so I, that's why i quite like all the sort of diverse listening about everything psychology mm. Not yeah i want to go into it as a work but it's always nice to sort of have a referral of oh maybe maybe listen to this podcast or oh i heard this was good or this book is good and then if someone reads it and then they're able to implement it and then it positively impacts their fitness it's all just a that strong interconnection because even I've always wondered why professional athletes fail on the day and then that's why it's like listening to this of something sets off their mindset and then they can't just do the thing they do that because they're overthinking it I guess I just tell there's only four points in a game and they should go to two mm. sort of, they sort of talk about the mental resilience of yeah. the top tennis players it's not just that they're good at their shots and good at tennis they're able to manage their mindset if they go three points down and there's one more and they're broken mm. and then you find 
Federer comes back from that, Djokovic comes oh, back from that. So what an the, athlete Federer was. Oh. So it's the the importance of managing your mind at all times, and it mm. even gets to the best of people, not just bang average podcast mm. PT is like. <laughs> it's interesting you say about because I think we've spoken a little bit about this before, like finishing playing sport and rugby and hockey and all that kind of stuff and um that self-worth that's potentially attached to it um i went through a similar thing i guess last year not to the same obviously the same degree or anything um but i've always always been associated with like a fairly active lifestyle and doing sport or triathlon or whatever it might be and then had a stroke which pretty instantly overnight <laughs> put, put an end to that um Funny for, a, for a period <laughs> for a period of, for, a, for a period of time anyway um and i remember speaking to someone a client of ours actually about that and then talking specifically like you say about mental side and how are you mentally and all this kind of thing i don't know if it was the period of time that or i always just felt at that time it hadn't sunk in long enough for me to have any negative feeling or connotation around it or i just assumed at that point that i was going to get back to a certain i mean i felt it was long enough off to manifest those thoughts for sure that i wouldn't do x again or wouldn't work again whatever it might be at some point in time um definitely when it first happened but I'm, i i never really thought on it too much or I remember saying to that person that I I didn't really have any issue or particular negative thought process at the time of, oh, this has all come crumbling down and I might not be able to do triathlon or uh, sport or work, doing PT, whatever it might be, or do anything physical at the time, which is was a potential. Um, but it never, I never... I had a, that kind of negative thought process with it. I never really thought on why. Maybe it was just the time period and if it had gone a little bit longer or something like that. <laughs> or something like that. They said to me at the time, I don't believe you. And I was like, no, I genuinely don't have that thought. I don't have that thought process. Yeah, maybe if yeah. it had gone on longer or something like that, mm. maybe it may have manifested, but I'm not too sure. Um, and I don't really know why. I did think on it long enough to think. Um, I don't know why I'm not more upset or more angry about this but i wasn't um and i think some people potentially knowing me might think that's bizarre because it was a huge what is still a huge part of what i do to have that taken away overnight um mm. quite rapidly was maybe could spin negatively but i didn't at the time i'm not sure why that came about um can you remember at the time if you believe uh Fundamentally, it just wasn't the end. Uh, probably. You believe I... you'd get through it? Because I can imagine if you believe you get, you, you're going to get through it, you're going to get back to it. And especially with having a fitness background, mm. you would know how to build yourself back up mm. to performance mm. level over time. Yeah. So yeah. It's not, I'm broken. It's just, oh, like having an injury, I've taken a hit. I'll just work back into it over time. Yeah, potentially. I think um, there was definitely points with that, and especially early on, uh, seeing doctors and then saying, for example, like I could walk pretty ably, like quite soon after. 
and them saying, I don't really know why you can do that. I'm not too sure why you can do that because your brain suggests that you shouldn't. Yeah, your brain, your brain suggests you shouldn't be able to do that by looking at the scans. Um, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good I, back just, on it. I don't worry about it, doc. I just uh, thought it and it happened. <laughs> you need to tell everyone, tell everyone else on the, tell everyone else on the ward just to be more disciplined <laughs> and they too will be walking. Um, yeah, the, the, so I, I guess with that kind of thing, you you sort of think, ah, oh, cool, I'm ahead of the curve in terms of the recovery stakes, so maybe this is going to go better than I thought at first. Um, but there's definitely points like seeing, yeah, seeing people and getting on, uh, put on medication and quite a lot of uncertainty, especially with, this is why the, I think the chimp paradox stuff is quite interesting and in how he simplifies it because a lot of people speaking to a lot of people um on the neuro side there's so much complexity in the brain and so speaking to a lot of people there wasn't any definitive answer but i suppose yeah like you say i my chimp probably in my head had a definitive definitive answer in its own mind um even if externally it necessarily wasn't there hmm. um well i just remember yeah. at that point you went oh, i still want golf uh, no, I think the, the discussion I had was, <laughs> oh, fuck, if they come back and tell me I can only yeah. play golf and lawn bowls. You'll be phoning up your old uh, teacher. Like, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk me through this. Jedi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I think you're, you're probably right. I went to definitely like, I don't know if it's catastrophizing it, but just went to a sort of ground zero on a lot of that. Of, yeah. Okay, if they tell me worst case scenario of this, initially, like before they said it was a stroke and it was just something in my head, you initially think brain, tumour, anything like that, that's going to have caused mm. something completely random out of the blue. So I went through that thought process. And then when they said it was a stroke was, yeah, okay, maybe rehab and balance or i'm never going to be able to push myself aerobically or whatever it might be again so yeah you do go oh maybe this yeah i went oh there's still golf i know a couple of people friends that have had heart issues over the years um and are playing golf now and things like that <laughs> yeah yeah one of them one of them was a professional cricketer then ended up playing golf um so yeah a lot of that i was like oh well i can still do that so there was a bit of an outlet i suppose for a lot of any sort of frustration yeah. to build up there was a way of pushing that and going okay there's a potential outlet there uh which i suppose helped um yeah sorry for the diversion so i just mm. thought that was interesting when you were saying about no. things yeah things being good. taken away quite quickly would you say that was a skill or was that ingrained in your computer? Uh, sort of positive I, thinking, not catastrophizing. Would you say that's uh, a skill you've worked on? Uh, I think far more ingrained, like speaking, and I said that to a lot of people afterwards, because um, actually we had a client talking about it last week, similarly with a friend or associate, I think that's by the sounds of it, been through a very, very similar thing. Um, and has gone a little bit the other way in terms of catastrophizing things a little bit again every set of circumstances is very different um and just how you deal with it is very different but i think personality wise it kind of made sense to me how i was reacting because i was yeah assumed that was the way and it was probably more inbuilt than anything of 
I think with any sort of scenario, I'll go to what's the worst case scenario. And then if you can deal with that, then you work your way back out. I did exactly the same thing with that. Okay, what's the worst case scenario that they tell me here or that comes out of this? And then if I can manage that, then anything else above that is a positive. Um, And I think that's fairly, for me anyway, fairly ingrained more so than, I, I wouldn't say it's any particular skill or anything like that because equally I think then you you put it on the flip side of it goes back to that hashtag dedicated hashtag work because me saying oh I dealt with it this way looking at someone else that deals with it a different way and you go oh it's just a skill that I've learned of how to deal with having a stroke so you guys should probably do the same <laughs> like it's just a, <laughs> that's just the way I am that's just the thought process I have <clears throat> um it's not necessarily something that I've managed and like, I'll work at it this way. It's just, that's what my brain flipped to for sure. So yeah, I'd say it's yeah. far more ingrained than skill-based or anything like that. Cause towards the end of it, he sort of just says, you know, it's always good for people to just do a little checklist of if you were to write down your values. And again, it all sounds very woo-woo and like you're on sort of a leadership course. Uh, but I think it is like your values in life come back to your sort of mindset and then those are those ingrained belief systems mm. that that govern lots of behaviours and then I think if you sort of act according to those you know he sort of says you know you live a, a good life if you live to your values rather than anything else because then you also know those can't be taken away if you act right to them. yeah mm. um, because I also remember this from the seven habits of highly effective people. Oh, yeah. Hmm. But just how I still, every single time I listen to something, I go back to that book because I'm like, oh, this is what that dude said ages ago when I first listened hmm. to this book, where he just sort of says, you don't want to act sort of from your personality because that can change over time. Whereas if you sort of pick some values of how you want to act in life, Again, it sounds woo-woo when someone's like, but no one can take that away from you, man. But it just means in times of struggle, if you stay positive or act along those lines, you can sort of get through anything. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I just think that's a good, and then I think that's sort of a good thing to be like, if you're breaking down your fitness, what fitness values do you have? And then it can sort of break that down is- to taking it away from your personality, but being that identity of, you know, rugby player, hockey player, yeah. insurance athlete, and just having it as a value that's sort of with you, but also part separate of, you know, I quite like insurance athletes or, or working hard or yeah. whatever it is. It's also just that controlling management if it's taken away. Yeah. Yeah. All good. In it, in it, bruv. Very, very good. <clears throat> uh, we've gone we've gone quite diverse on today. Lots of psychology. A little bit of, uh, are you looking up Swedish pronunciations? No, no, I, I was just gonna, I was just gonna show, uh, well, listen, I, I was gonna play his voice for people to okay. listen to. Go on. So let me just see if I, uh, I hope it is as thick as accent as we hope for. I'm just, I don't know what I'm on. Regarding the situation or others involved, 
Your chimp is likely to have very high expectations of others. Recognize this and replace them with human expectations. There we go. So, yeah, <laughs> I think that's quite thick. Yeah, he is fairly Norman. Yeah. It's just weird when you said it, I had not considered it at all. <laughs> like listening to him. <laughs> like, oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Look at this. Man. It took me probably about two chapters to get yeah. used to it. Speaking the beautiful Queen's English, King's English. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, we've had quite like a diverse topic, some uh, IKEA furniture, some Swedish authors, quite a lot of psychology, some stroke chat and uh, everything in between. So, yeah, yeah, I think we've hit most topics there. Um, any other business, guys? We've got. Everyone's birthday celebrations, yeah. haven't we? We've got, we've got socials, yeah. So, shuffleboard, shuffleboard on the 18th. Yeah, is that like, tid- is that like Tiddlywinks? Yeah. Tiddlywinks, mate, yeah. Can you get your um, teacher? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we could just, uh, you know, zoom him in and he could do a, a seminar. I'll do it especially for your birthday. I'll get him to sign you. I don't even know what they call <laughs> what's a What's a Tiddlywink? Think cool, I don't know. <laughs> okay, sign that. It's like signing your guitar. Your, yeah, like signing your guitar plectrum. Yeah. <laughs> I, I prof, so I'm a wink. Yeah. Um, yeah, so on the uh, Saturday the 18th, lunchtime. Yeah. yeah. Boom bar. I think, I think you said it was £25 per head. I think you researched, Mr. Higgins. Um, yeah. So we'll put out an email today, tomorrow, and. Um, Excellent. Will be all the fun it includes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we yeah, go. You got Tiddlywinks. You got Shuffleboard. You got was it? What was it? Virtual darts, augmented. Darts. Yeah, and then yeah, augmented darts. So you don't throw darts at people. Yeah, that'd be. Unless you don't want to pay the insurance, we'll do augmented reality. <laughs> yeah. yeah, please put this VR headset on, um, and then pool as well. Excellent. Beautiful. There we go. Verity's birthday. Verity's and Jake's birthday. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. The big birthdays. And Mrs. Charlton. My brother's birthday. birthday. He's 27th of September. Yeah. Near someone else's. Not sure who's. Yeah. Never heard of it. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Cheers, guys. Thank you very much. Bye, Karen. Bye, Karen. (laughs) That's a good long run one for you today. Yeah, if anyone's anyone's still listening, then uh, you're a legend. Be like, on this one, put it in the title. Get through the idea. (laughs) It's worth it. (laughs) Yeah, just just give us 15 minutes of your time. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) See you next week, guys. Bye. Bye.